so thankful today. I feel led of the Lord. Uh, I was praying last week, felt led of the Lord to do this. So, so thankful today to bring an opportunity to Mr. Brother Owens, Brother Valentine Owens. Would you come, Brother Owens, and share with us the word of the Lord this morning? Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Oh, man, I feel so, so good today. Now, I'm going to ask you all to do something for me. I know Pastor Joel couldn't get you all back together. I don't see if I can make this work. If y'all would give me y'all attention for about 10 or 15 minutes, I promise, I promise I will get you out of here. I'm not going to be long-winded, but I got something that, I, that the Lord gave to me that I want to share with you. Now, I want y'all to think about something. Here you got Pastor Joel, all excited and beating on him, and then you got the flow master. Then you got me. Think about it. That's unfair, isn't it? But friend, let me tell you something. I just have to be me, like Pastor Dan said. I want to talk to you a little bit about something that God laid on my spirit months ago. When I got the call from, or the text from Pastor Joel, I didn't know where I was going to go with this, but the Lord all week long has been laying some things on me. So I'm going to start off like this. Everybody in here at some point in time has had a contractor come to your house. No, it's not a, a Christmas story, y'all. I'm not one for, I'm like Pastor Joel, I ain't one for giving Christmas stories. But just hang with me for about 10 or 15 minutes. You had a contract. You've either been a contractor or a contract, I say a contractee. Which means that at some point in time, you've made an agreement to have something done in whatever you're doing. So, when you sign a contract, you expect the contractor to live up to what he's saying. Is that right? When you sign a contract, everything that's written in that contract, you expect that contractor to do it. You don't expect him to take shortcuts. You don't expect him to go off, off of uh, 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 what he's supposed to be doing. You expect him to stick to that contract. Because if you don't stick to the contract, there's consequences. For not sticking to the contract. Y'all with me so far? So, my question comes then. Is two people that signs the contract. If you're expecting the contractor to stick to what he's supposed to be doing. How about the contractee? How about you? Now I want you to put yourself in the contract. And I want you to go with me over into 2 Corinthians. And we want to look at chapter 6, verse 5 through 9. And this is how it reads. It says, Since the day that I brought forth my people out of the land of Egypt, I chose no city among all the tribes of Israel to build a house in, that, in, that my name might be there. Neither chose I any man to be a ruler over my people, Israel. But I have chosen Jerusalem that my name might be there 
and have chosen David to be over my people Israel. Now it is, it, now it was in the heart of David, my father, to build a house for the name of the Lord God of Israel. But the Lord said to David, my father, for as much as it was in thine heart to build a house for my name, thou didst well in that it was in thine heart. Notwithstanding, thou shalt not build the house, but thy son which shall come forth out of thy loins, he shall build the house for my name. Now, I read this and I noticed that while Solomon was praying, And while Solomon was dedicating this temple to God, I noticed that there was no spectacular words that Solomon was using. Nothing that really would just uh, bring fire down from heaven. So in other words, he wasn't using 16 letter words to get God's attention. He wasn't doing it. Solomon kept everything very, very simple. So let's pick up the story. Over in chapter 1 of, of, of chapter 7 and verse 1 of, of 2 Corinthians. And this is what it says. It says, after he had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the sacrifice. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple. So that means that God heard what Solomon was asking. And the Bible said, then the Lord appeared unto Solomon and told him he had heard his prayer. And then the Lord pulled out the contract. You see, be careful what you ask God for. Be careful what you ask for. Be careful how you ask. Because I'm telling you, God is listening. So let's look at the contract. Let's look at what was written in the contract. I'm going to title this message, The Contract Agreement. I'm of the opinion that whatever we ask God, he's willing to do. I'm, that's just my opinion. I'm also of the opinion that if you stay on your knees, at some point God's going to hear you. But over in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, let's look at verse 13 and 14. Here's what the contract said. Now, I want you to think about it. God told Solomon, he said, Solomon, I've heard everything that you've asked for. So let's make an agreement. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 13 says, If I shut up heaven that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, right here God is making a deal. He's making a deal with you. He's already pulled out the contract and he's already started writing. He said, if, and, and, and he said this is what you got. If I do these things for you, you're in the contract, you're bound by the contract. And the next words that came out of God's mouth was this. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. I found there's a few things in the contract that's our part, but there's a few things That's God's part. Well, let's look at our part. God asks us to humble ourselves, which is just another way of saying confess. God asks us to pray or repent. 
And God asked us to seek his face. And he asked us, the third thing was to turn, which is to come back to God from our wicked ways. Now, let me qualify something. I know y'all Bible scholars out there saying to yourself, well, Pastor Tino, he was talking to his people Israel. Well, let me qualify y'all. I'm, I'm part of this. So I'm going to qualify. Somebody go over to Titus chapter 2, verse 14 for me. Titus 2, 14 says, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Now, who can be more peculiar than over in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, where it says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one place, in one accord, and then suddenly there came from heaven a sound as a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house. Who could be more peculiar than those people? My question to you was, you one of those people. Have you been baptized in Jesus' name? Have you been baptized with the fire? If you have, then he's talking to you in this contract. So he said to us, he want us to humble ourselves. That's the first part of the contract that we must keep. You know, the flesh is proud. Very, very proud. And a lot of us don't want to humble ourselves before God. But Ephesians 4, 1 to, 1 to 2 says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. I want to humble myself before the mighty hand of God. I don't want anything that I do to be outside of the will of God. I want to make sure that I'm walking in God's will at all times. Anybody can say hello? In the name of Jesus. Well, the second thing that he asked, and I'm going to move through this pretty quickly. Like I said, I'm trying to keep to my 15 minutes. And I'm getting 15 minutes of fame up here. Y'all don't know. I'm going to stick to my 15 minutes. I'm not here to excite you. I'm here to get my 15. No, I'm just kidding with you. Thought y'all would get a kick out of that one. You won't clap on anything else, huh? But the second thing he asked us, was to pray. You know, many times in the New Testament, we're asked to pray. Many times. The Lord told his disciples to watch him to pray. He told his epistles to pray. He gave them a commandment to pray. Somebody came to me the other day and they told me, they said, Pastino, you know, I do street ministry for y'all who don't know. I like to go to Baltimore and hang out with the drug dealers and hang out with the guys who shoot up needles and all that kind of stuff and drink beer and drink liquor. I, I'm right, I'll fall right in there with them. I just pray that they don't offer me none. <laughs> I'm just being real with you. But I go, I go to Baltimore almost every day and I hang out with those guys. And one thing I tell them when we're hanging out together is, guys, if you ever want to change, you got to change your avenue. You got to learn to pray. You got to learn to go opposite of the way you're going. And the only way you're going to be able to do that, because you, you can't do it in your own strength, none of us. We got to get down on our hands and knees and we've got to pray before God. We've got to ask God for a change of direction. We've got to ask God to help us. So without prayer, it's impossible for you to please God. There's nothing that's going to happen. Nothing. So we got to pray. You know, I, I like to make it our business 
to get down there and pray. See, one thing in a contract, when God asks you to do something, he's going to keep his eye on his investment. You're God's investment. And he's going to keep his eye on you. Second Chronicles chapter 7, 15 to 22 says, Now mine eyes shall be open, and mine ears attended to the prayer that is made in this place. For now I have chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever. And mine eyes and mine heart shall be there perpetually. Think about it. Prayer. Now, how many of us each day get up and neglect to pray? I'm going to let that one sink for a minute. We feel that we can go about our day without speaking to God. Without saying anything to God. Without spending any time with him. I tried that. Not only spiritually, I tried it physically. Pastor Joel was up here one day and he was talking about, man, you know, if I, if I, can, I cannot spend a day without my wife. And you know, they, they, all the pastors get up and say that. Some strange reason. I put it in action. I'm one, let me tell you something. I ain't going to get up and say it if I don't try it. I tried my best to spend one day without my wife. My wife took off on December the 7th. She flew out west. And she went out to visit our grandson. And I had went and told all of my bowling buddies before she took off. I got four days, brother, of peace, joy, and happiness without my wife. I even went a step further. I dropped off at the airport. Made sure she got on the plane. When she was going through the doors, you can ask her, see you later, honey. All the way till she got out of sight. I was in my line, see you later, honey. I was driving back from the airport trying to figure out what I was going to do. Man, I got all this free time. Once I get my ministries over with, because I keep my ministries in front. Once I get my ministries over with, guess what's going to happen? Party! Yes, sir. I got home, and I went to get dressed, and I started thinking, man, my wife ain't here. All of a sudden, my blood pressure went up to 188 over 160. Y'all think I'm kidding you. I'm, not, I'm telling you the truth. My heart started beating at 140 beats per minute. I wear one of these watches. My hands got to shaking. My legs got real weak. I got in my car and I said, man, I got to go. I'm going to the hospital. I started driving. My legs wouldn't even put. My legs were so weak I couldn't even press the gas. I called 911. 911 came and got me. And they put me in the hospital and kept me there. I guess for about seven or eight hours. Running up. The first thing they said, we're going to check you for a blood clot in your lungs. And I was scared the living daylight out of me. Well, when it all, make a long story short, when it all boiled down, I was having a panic attack because my wife wasn't around. The whole time she was gone, I was panicking. When Tuesday came, I was the, let me tell you something. I got to the airport four hours early. 
Y'all can talk all the trash you want. I can't go a day without my wife. I had nobody to arm my clothes. I can't cook. Y'all laugh. My wife, when she came home, asked me, what did I eat? I told her nothing. I ate, I'm dead serious. I ate nothing the whole time she was gone. I had no food because I can't cook. And she had left food in the refrigerator. And I forgot all about it because I was missing her. So if I'm missing my wife like that, how do we miss God? How do we miss God? How do we not pray? How do we not give God glory? How do we not thank God? How do we not communicate with God? If I can miss a human being, how can I not miss God? So he asks us to pray and he says to seek his face. And Colossians 3, 1 and 2 says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is. Sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. And then he said to turn from their wicked ways. In Revelation 3.19 says, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous therefore and repent. Now that's our part. How many of you like your part of the contract so far? Humble, pray, seek his face, turn from your wicked ways. But God's got a part. See, God's intent is to make sure that we honor our part of the contract. Because he's sure going to honor his. He said his part was to hear forgive and heal he said that he would hear if you look over in the first John 3.22 it reads like this and whatsoever we ask we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight keep his commandments and do those things which are pleasing in his sight. That means hold up your end of the contract. Then he said that he would forgive. He said if we confess our sins, he would be faithful and just to forgive us our sins. But he didn't stop there and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I love my God. I don't always do things the right way. I don't know about you guys. Y'all may be the perfect people. Y'all that, y'all, y'all, I just said that y'all are that peculiar people, the people that were born when they're on the day of Pentecost. See me, I was born on the day of Pentecost, but somewhere down the line I fell. I tried to get back up many, many times. I fell. But God told me I was in a contract with Him. It doesn't matter how many times you fall, long as you try to get back up. Long as you try to get back. And guess what? Even in falling, guess what? You don't have to start back at the beginning. God picks you up and puts you back where you were. He will set people in your life to get you where you need to be. Stay in the contract is all I'm trying to say to you. Stay in the contract. 
And the last thing he promised us was that he would heal. You all know the scripture, by his stripes we are healed. But how many of y'all know 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24 and 25, where he says, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. For we were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of our souls. And I'm getting ready to wind this thing up. I, I promise y'all 15 minutes. I'm almost on point. Am I over, y'all? <laughs> That's your business. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to listen. God promised to keep his end of the bargain. Pastor Joel, we're getting ready to leave 2018. And we're getting ready to go into 2019. I don't want to leave 2018 with some things undone in my contract. I don't want to go into 2019 with the same things that I had written in the contract in 2018. I want to change some things. I want to do a little renewing of my contract, Brother Lee. I want God to look at my contract and find out whether there's any adjustments that need to be done. But we all can say that we're going to allow God to do it. But here's the kicker. And this is where I might get in trouble. Pastor Joel, I appreciate you giving me 15 minutes of fame, but you'll probably never put me up here again after this. What about each other? What about each other? It's all right to go to God and ask God to forgive you for some things and to rewrite your contract and God will do it. But what about your contract with each other? There's some people in here right now that got grudges, that's got hurts that other people have done. And you come here every day, every week. And Pastor Joel sometime will give an altar call and you're the first one down here crying. And you'll continue to cry until you renew your contract with that person that hurts you. You'll continue to hurt if you don't go to that person and get that contract renewed. Now I'm going to show y'all how that's done. And then I'm going to turn this mic over to Pastor Joe. Pastor Joe and Pastor Dan, can y'all stand up here for a minute? In 2018, Pastor Joe, I uh, gave you a lot of hard times, brother. I did. This man loves me because nobody else could put up with me like he did. Pastor Dan, I came into that room many times, brother, and I tell you, with a chip on my shoulder, and you guys love me anyway. These guys, and and like like I said, Brother Michael Jetty and Brother Joe Bickley, they'll see the, 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 the tape. All four of those guys put up with me 
and my chip. But this man right here many times had to take me into a room and he had to say, Tino, you're here because God put you here. He, they put up with a lot of stuff. So this is how you renew your contract. Because I'm not going into 2019 with a 2018 contract that hasn't been revised. So while I'm doing what I'm doing, I want everybody to stand. And I want you to see how this is done before I, get, before I come back to you. Pastor Joe, I want my contract renewed. I appreciate all that you've done. I appreciate all that you put up with. Can you please renew my contract for 2019? Jesus. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Pastor Dan, I know I've done a lot of things, and I've come in a lot of times with chips on my shoulder. But, man, y'all did nothing but encourage me. Can you please renew my contract for 2019? Love you, man. Appreciate you. That's how, thank you guys, that's how you renew your contract. Like I said, some of y'all are going to be embarrassed to do it. But if there's anybody in here that you have something against, we're coming to the end of 2018. Let's get the contracts renewed in Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Jesus said the difference between the wise and the foolish was simply one thing. The wise were hearers of the word. The the foolish were hearers of the word, but the wise were doers of the word. We all have heard the same word. But the difference between those that are going to be foolish and wise is... Who's going to take the word and do something about it? Fact of the matter is, the man of God and the word of the Lord today was some of you need to redo some contracts with some people. You need to let some stuff go. What would happen in your next year if you would get free from things and you would set some people free and you would get rid of this mess and we could go forward and see what God would do? What would that happen in your life? Well, you don't understand what's happening. They, they may do it again. And you know what? Congratulations. You can forgive them again. Because the Bible says, how many times does it give? 70 times 7. So until they get to 490 times in one day, until they get to that mark, you're still within the window. Can we just finally... Ask God's grace to say, God, I can't do this without you, but by your help and grace, Lord, I'm going to forgive and release so I can go forward. Can you ask God for his grace right now? Just tell this. We're not going to have an altar call, but this is not, this is not about you coming down and crying about your puddle of problems. This is about you doing something about it. Can you ask God and say, God, I don't know how to do this. I don't even know how to begin But Lord, by your grace in my life, I choose to forgive. I choose to forgive starting now. 
And Lord, when I leave out of this place today, and I, and all those excuses begin to pile back into my brain of why I shouldn't forgive, God, I'm praying that your grace would help me push through my flesh, that I can find the voice of your spirit, and I can choose to let go, to forgive. In the name of Jesus. Just one more time, would you just reach over, take somebody by the hand and grab them on the shoulder. Touch them on their shoulder. Let's just pray one for another. Ask God to help us. What a beautiful way to end 2018 for a lot of us with an idea that we're choosing to walk the path of forgiving. We're choosing to walk the path to forgive. We're renewing the contract to say we're taking the bitterness out of the contract. We're taking the unforgiveness out of the contract. We're taking the grudge out of the contract. We're taking the score out of the contract. In the name of Jesus, by your grace, by your mercy, Father, I pray in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Let's just lift our hands one more time and let's just give God thanks. Can we do that? Can you just thank Him right now with your, not just with your action, but with your voice? Give Him thanks. Give Him thanks. Praise God. Thank you, Brother Valentino, for obeying the Holy Ghost. Thank you. Praise God. Amen. All we have to do is take up the chairs today, correct? Just the chairs. Just have to take up the chairs and the carpets. Uh, the stuff on the platform can stay. The tables do not have to be rolled back in. Brother Owens, no tables, right? No tables. Praise God. What, did I miss something else? Sister, did I, did I miss another thing? Praise God. God bless you. Make sure you greet somebody. Praise God. Be safe. Have a Merry Christmas.